Hey there, fellow nerd, and welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the podcast for the creative soul. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Can you believe it? We've officially been a podcast for a year. I'll do a full write-up sometime on what the journey has been like, but for now, I want to say a big thank you to everyone who's made the show a reality. My guest today is a familiar face from season 14 of The Voice. He's made his mark beautifully, paying homage to crooners like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and Nat King Cole. But since leaving the show, he's been hard at work creating a harmonious blend of smooth classic jazz and putting it in a contemporary and modern setting. It's truly become his individual sonic signature. His mission of adding positivity and class back into pop culture is something I relate to and quite frankly, a sentiment I built my show on. He's become a dear friend and I'm proud to have him on the show. His single Walking is out now and he's currently on the walking tour. Please give a warm welcome to my friend and guest, Austin Giorgio. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today, you might recognize him from The Voice. It's Austin Giorgio. Austin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Steph. I appreciate it. A lot of people might know you from The Voice, but could you share your origin story in music with us? Sure. So uh, it's actually not a common one. I, I listen to a lot of music like most people, but I didn't actually start singing until around I was like 20 or 19. Uh, but I listen to a lot of old jazz, which I know you like too, Steph. So I listen to a lot of old jazz music. Um, and I just, by doing that, I kind of just progressively started listening and just noodling around listening to my father was a jazz singer. So I would sing with him and his jazz band every blue moon, like two times a year, just for fun. But it wasn't until 2017 that I actually like, I started, I was like, oh, I'll post some covers on YouTube. Cause you see everyone doing it, you know, on YouTube. It's like, ah, I'll try it. And then uh, the opportunity came up to audition in Philly. I'm like, well, I always wanted a Philly cheesesteak. I always wanted to see Rocky Balboa. So I'll go down to Philadelphia and I'll audition in the meantime. That's like a side note. That's not even like the main reason, you know? Along your journey, you hold a degree in business. Do you think creatives or artists should be more informed or more involved in the business side of the industry? I mean, yes and no. I think I definitely think everyone should understand business and like any art form. Um, it's for me, I just, I'm biased because I come from the business background first and the artistry is actually not the fun part and like learning how to express yourself is cool. I mean, I've never done it. So short answer, yes, I do think they should, but at the same time, there's some people that just, I mean, you should have some know-how, but I don't know if they'll ever really be a business woman or man. You know, I think they might just be full on creative, I guess, you know. One of the things that caught my attention early on during your um, run on The Voice was that you're extremely connected with your supporters, and that's kind of how we bonded through Pen Pal and everything. And so I remember randomly hopping onto one of your Instagram lives, and you were casually chatting with people. For a lot of artists, that could be scary or intimidating, especially early on stages. There's like this barrier between artists and supporter. So what made you want to connect with your audience early on? You know, stuff. I kind of look at it as if, like, how how I was. I mean, again, like, someone that wasn't in music, I never looked at music like how I look at it now. Like, it was more or less, oh, this is a good song. I'll never listen to the album. I just like the song. Like, it was just I consumed music for music. 
And I always thought of these artists as like, I'm like, oh, I untouchable. I can't talk to this person. And I get it. Like there's certain branding behind it of, you know, you don't want to talk to this person every day because it takes away the excitement of it. So for me, it was more like, hey, you know, people are listening to my music. They're taking time. Like not even the least I do. Like it's, it's a given. Like I should be, I want to talk to everyone. I want to know who you are. Like here I am now learning what you're doing. Like you got your own little podcast. Who knows? In like five years, you might be running your own empire, you know? <laughs> that's the dream and i and i find that so cool because um not a lot of artists these days i mean there's social media everybody like either you know like maybe comment back on instagram or they might do an instagram live like you do a lot or they might you know tweet somebody back but there's not like a whole little like connection i feel like but you went the extra mile to actually find out who we are find out who's listening to your music and i feel like that contributes to your artist journey as well what are they listening to what do they enjoy so yeah i, I found that really interesting about your journey i appreciate this i appreciate you me joining you yeah. and you joining me yeah you know? there's a uh, one quote that i love from lionel messi that says it took me 17 years and 114 days to become an overnight success on the outside for a lot of people they think that there's a fast track to success as creatives but it actually takes a lot of hustle and hard work and so i was wondering do you relate to that like people assuming that there's like a fast track but it actually there's like so much work behind what we do as creatives right yeah no 100 percent. so going into the show like i had no anticipation of anything like i didn't really care what happened like i commonly joke when i was behind stage i told them i'm gonna go on stage naked just to see what people would say because i'm like i really have nothing to lose like i'm not looking for this to be my career this is just kind of fun and now that's becoming a career you know it's it's just like anything whether you start a small bicycle business or a small boutique business or a podcast like there's so much more work even for someone like myself after the show I get in front of millions of people but now the work's just starting but for me it's fun like some people you know like some people after something like that it's hard because you get so much steroid and it's like okay now it's the tide's coming back and now the seashells are showing you got to walk around and pick all the seashells up and that's what it is. Like I had to find a team to help hire. I hired some of my friends to help me. Hey, I want you to make calls every day to just get shows. I'm going to hire you to do this. So you just get a team. And then that kind of curates bigger things that happen. Things that I can't really talk about now, but will be exciting. Like, cause people start to notice when you're hustling or working, they want to be a part of it. You live in the great state of New York. Yay, New York, and um, I think... A great state. <laughs> awesome state. Always wanted to go, and hopefully soon. I think a lot of non-creatives think that artists in California or New York have a upper hand being an area where creating is happening a lot. Do you think location is important whenever you're trying to pursue something like being a musician or an artist? Steph, you got some good questions. You know, I don't know if I got the answer to that. I mean, I think, I think it depends less on your location and more about your connectivity. Meaning, I'm in Rochester, New York, so I'm five hours away from New York City. I'm two hours away from Toronto, but I'm only an hour flight away from Nashville and three hours from LA. So if I really need to go to LA or New York City, I can get there. But there's so many people in your back pockets that you don't even realize, probably in your home state. like. I didn't know a lot of huge people in the music industry are right here in my small town that I had no, no idea. Like, for instance, I had no idea Bruno Mars's MD lives here. I had no idea Shawn Mendes' album was co-written here. I had no idea that guy that owns iHeart was from here. So, like, everyone has a lot of stuff in their hometowns that you probably don't realize 
you know, a lot of big connections. You just got to talk. You just got to figure out who it is. And that's a huge part of this industry is networking and talking. I feel like, yeah, and being out there, putting yourself out there, I feel like, yeah, you'll learn more about who's in your backyard or who's in your back pocket the more you put yourself out there. Right. You're going the independent route as an artist. Tell me what influenced your decision to do that path and how has that impacted your musical career so far? So going the independent route is not necessarily a good or a bad thing meaning i'm doing it right now I, i've right when i got off the show i was approached by a few record companies and i looked at the contracts and it, if they made sense i would have went with it but it just didn't at the time so the reason why i went with this route is because i can have control not so much over my music because honestly as an artist my only goal is to make a dent in pop culture for the better i want younger people to have music that they can kind of rah-rah behind that it sounds like everything you hear it's just as catchy but it also has deep lyrics morals that you believe in and something you can really support that's something i always wanted that's what i'm going to do so being independent's not so much of i get to own everything i get to do everything i want because i really don't care if i do everything i want it's more or less it's kind of fun running it's almost like running a small little I don't even know, like a little castle, I guess, with me and all my circles. I'm just like, it's the journey's the best part, to be honest with you. It's, it's the unknowns of tomorrow that make it fun and terrifying at the same time, you know? <laughs> so you spoke a little bit about your music. I love how you're taking a more modern approach to jazz and fusing it with different genres. Now that genres are a little less restricted, have you found your audience becoming more varied? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say... If, if I was someone watching Austin Giorgio on camera, who, like, who is Austin Giorgio? I would think I would like the, the Austin Giorgio for not only just because he likes jazz or he has that pop flair, but there's kind of like that mesh of, like, like we're talking about, kind of like, uh, kind of like the journey of watching something grow, but... Will I do full jazz? Yes. There'll be certain moments where I'd stay pure, just like people will do pure country or pure rock. But musically, I think I don't want to let jazz die by letting it stay in its old form. And the only way you keep something alive is to keep reinventing it. So there will certainly be people that will love it as well as hate it. Like it's not, this is not old school jazz. And that's fine. Like I love old school jazz. But the music I want to make is the music that will pull it into the 21st century and kind of help people see it. Like I'm telling you right now, Steph, in 2020, the roaring 20s, it's not going to come back like old school, you know, like that swing, but it'll be a form of it. And that's like the most exciting part for me. Like I freak out when I think about it. So we're already doing all sorts of planning for like the coming two years, you know? And I, and I love it too, because I mean, like, of course we have, you know, the crooners are still carrying on that legacy, but I also love what, what you're doing and what a lot of uh, modern jazz artists are doing that they're like, oh, you know, people are responding to this um, style of R&B or they're responding to hip hop. So I'll incorporate a little bit of that flair and that flavor into my music. So that way people can get to know the past by marrying the future, like the present, if right. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put them together. Right. Earlier this year, you released your debut album, Crooner, which I love, by the way. What was it like to have your hand in the writing, recording, and producing process? Uh, Crooner was honestly, for me, it was, a, it was a learning. I wanted to learn what it was like to, A, produce a record, write lyrics to it, and then do the whole nine, the whole nine yards of everything in it. 
Um, not that I did it all by myself. I mean, the, the records mo mostly, but like the whole process of getting it done and getting it out there. So Cruder for me is not so much a like, this is the best. It's more or less for me, it was like, this is really cool to say that, you know, I learned how to write a song, songs, different types of songs. Um, I'm really excited for what's coming this month, which is our, our single for the for the year, I guess, or for the summer, maybe. Um, and you'll see it's got that smooth jazz infusion with pop, which is, that's my favorite type of jazz, which some jazz heads hate, but I love smooth jazz, like Kenny G. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's like, you'll definitely hear it when it comes out. But I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> oh, no, it, it does. It does. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear all your new music. Speaking of crooner, text last night probably was one of my favorite records from that album. It reminded me of these like late night vibes and you're kind of like unwinding before the night ends. So what kind of feeling or story did you envision with that song? I make a lot of music that I can listen to at night because I'm always up. Most of the time I don't wake up till 10, 11 o'clock and then I'm going to bed at like three or four in the morning. Uh, so a lot of the music I make just by flute because I'm recording is always at nighttime and you're always in your fields at nighttime. So uh, some of those songs I actually had to write during the day, but that song specifically, Text Last Night, you know, I, I think anyone can interpret how they want it to. The way I wanted to, to put it is it's, uh, it's a person kind of hearing from someone they haven't in a long time. And like part of the lyrics See, it's funny. I, sometimes I forget my own lyrics. But part of the lyrics in that song is um, about the roses, roses in a jar. And the whole idea is that, like, uh, when you're at weddings or when you go to proms, there's a corsage and a boutonniere. So it's almost like the person putting that in a jar, saving it, and every now and then I open it just to get a smell of that memory. Uh, and that's funny. A lot of my friends didn't understand what that lyric meant, and that's, that's kind of what that meant of jarring a memory, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. So you've been traveling and doing shows around the country. What ex what has that experience been like playing for different crowds? Oh, it's fun. It's uh, it's cool to be with different types of cultures and people because uh, we've been doing music fest, jazz fest, and Italian festivals just because those three seem to fit what we're doing for right now. And I think the coolest part about it is honestly the, the people that I meet and then exploring. Every city I go to, so Michigan will be this week, tomorrow. Um, I'm going to hop on a scooter the moment my butt gets there and just I'm going to explore that city as much as possible, you know. Quick funny story for you. When I was in Michigan, I was on the scooter and uh, I, I went down this alley with all this graffiti. I'm like, wow, this place is really cool. And all of a sudden I turned a corner and there's like three thugs and they all look at me. I was like, whoa. I turned that little guy around. I like zipped right out of that alley. <laughs> So, like, I got to be careful sometimes where I go, you know. I'm not a big dude. They could easily wipe me out. <laughs> Man, the adventures of traveling. The adventures right. of traveling. What should artists concern themselves with more, the present or longevity? I, I don't know. That's something I'm going to have to figure out. I guess you just got to have a goal. I mean, if, but it's not even like in music. It's anything. It, it could be in marriage. It could be in schooling if you don't have a goal you'll never know i think it's just more prevalent in artists like what is success in artists so for us and for my team we set we set along number of shows 
Um, obviously, a living wage, uh, works that we want to put out. And once we hit those, like there's a satisfaction. So I think longevity is just the steps of multiple small steps for a bigger goal. I like the way you phrase that. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned your team um, quite a bit. Who was a part of your team, and how did they come about in the picture? Yeah, so it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I guess I'll start with my manager, Mike DiGiacomo. Um, so I have we had a lot of mutual friends in this area, Rochester, um, and he came from the EDM world. So he he was like the booking and talent side of like Steve Aoki and other big DJs of bringing them into town and doing these raves. Um, you know, like you see across the country. So it was by fluke. I went to our mutual friend who's a, who owns a lot of businesses. And I said, Hey, you know, I, I just need help. There's so much stuff happening all at once. You know, was, would you ever like think of helping me? Not even like managing, just like help me. I'll pay you. Um, he said, well, you know, I, I have someone that, that loves your music that used to do this stuff. I don't introduce you. That's kind of how the, the management thing came up by fluke. Um, in that sense, uh, so we met for coffee a couple of times. I grilled him. Like, there's no tomorrow. I'm like, dude, if you don't want to do this, do not join it because I'd rather you tell me now if you don't want to put in the work. And he goes, dude, I'm in it for the long haul. So, I mean, we work like endlessly, him and I. And through us two, we've branched out. We've gotten a lawyer, got some people that help us with social media, so people helping get us shows. So it's kind of like you branch out, and as things get bigger, I'll just imagine it. It'll just someone will help with this division, someone will help. We're just not there yet, but we're already at the point where it's like, there's so much going on that it, it just helps to mediate it, you know? I love that. And I love building a team along the journey because as exciting as it is to be like a one-man production, it's also exciting to join other people along for the ride and do something together. And you're like, hey, you know, like we just did a show and that to think that that started as an idea and now that we actually just finished the show, that like that's awesome. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I love yeah that. team 100%. <laughs> so a couple of fun questions before we play Song Association, which I hope you're oh, ready boy. for. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. A couple of fun questions. The first one is, if you were on a desert island and you had only one album, what would you listen to? One album? Um, yeah, one album. That's easy. Room for Squares by John Mayer. Oh, yes. That would be it. the album. I love it. Yes. I might actually choose his continuum. I think I would take that. I do like that one too. Yeah, that's pretty. <laughs> Dead or alive, who would you invite to your fantasy dinner party? If you were throwing a dinner party and you could invite anybody. It's like one person, it. like who's my plus one? Or no, no, like anybody. Like if you were throwing a party, like just a couple people, who would you invite? Dead or alive? Oh man, there's so many people. I guess I limit it to like three. Uh, obviously Frank's coming. Um, Frank Sinatra, <laughs> who I don't know. Uh, uh man, that's tough. Ooh, Steph, that's not an easy question. I don't know. Probably, probably Frank Sinatra. Probably, we'll just say John Mayer just for the fun of it. And I'll bring yes. you along so you can do a podcast with us. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. A little roundtable. I would you, absolutely. You and I will show up. We'll be like, hey, we're here for the dinner. <laughs> Hey, exactly. Or I'll bake dessert. Either one. I'll, I'll bring something to the dinner or I'll bake dessert. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So we're going to switch gears and we're going to play a fun little game of Song Association. Disclaimer, I ripped this off of Elle's YouTube page. Oh, boy. But, um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you six words. And for each word, you have 10 seconds. Uh, sing a song with that word in it. Oh, God. So 
I hope they're ready. Okay. I tried. I tried to pick song. I mean, words with like songs that you're actually able to find with those words in it. But we'll see. We'll we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I'm so not good with this stuff. So your first word is talk. Your first word is talk. Oh, that's easy. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Right? Yes, I love it. I love it. I love Khalid. Good job on that one, by the way. All That's right. quick. I, I got that <laughs> So the next word is young. The next word is young. Young? You make me feel so young. You make me feel there are songs to be sung. Boom. That's the one that I was singing. I'm doing better than I thought I would. <laughs> People, yeah, like people get afraid of this game, and I'm like, it's not that difficult. I promise, I promise. <laughs> I suck at like finding words and songs, but you're gonna do fine. Your next word is back. Your next word back? is back. Oh god. Um, baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, a little throwback. Okay, here's a random one. Snow. 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 Oh, that's so easy. Uh, <laughs> It's so easy, I can't even think of it. Uh, let us snow, let us snow, let us snow. Yes, yes. Throwing it back. Wait, you did a cover of that, didn't you? I'm I can't remember. Sure. I probably did. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Okay, so your next word is waiting. Your next word waiting? Is waiting? Yes, waiting. Waiting on the world to change. Keep on waiting, waiting. Exactly, exactly. All right. And so for your final word. Oh, boy. Orange. Final, <laughs> orange. How about that? I, I no. had a word, but let's go with orange. No, I don't know anything in orange. <laughs> no, nah, I'll lose that one. I don't know any song with orange. Orange colored sky. How about that? That was it. <laughs> oh, my God. You did great. Awesome job, by the way. Oh, my God. I love playing that. I, I shot that. myself in the foot with the orange. <laughs> but are there any other songs with I can't even think of another song with You gave me pineapple in your Instagram live, and right. I'll never forgive you for that. Yeah, pineapple, the SpongeBob song. <laughs> yes, because like I didn't even think of that. I was like, what song has pineapples in it? I didn't, and then like Brittany's like, oh yeah, the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song. I was like, oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> Well, Austin, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. I had so much fun. Um, go ahead and tell people where they can find you on social media or your YouTube page or where they can listen to your music. Go ahead and hit them up with the links. Steph, thank you so much for having me. So you can find me anywhere. It's, my name's backwards everywhere. It's Giorgio Austin. Uh, and the website is austingiorgio.com or austingiorgiomusic.com, one of the two. My guest today was Austin Giorgio. We talked about if location was a factor in success, how he built his team, and how he's executing his mission of adding positivity and class back to pop culture. I really took a lot away from his comments on networking. If you surround yourself with the right people, your path might take you further than you expected. If you want to find out more about Austin or see him on tour, visit the link in the show notes. Popner Lounge is produced by Vico and Steph Pham. Graphic design is by V. Co. The show is edited and hosted by Steph Pham. If you like our show, please make sure you visit our website, popnerlounge.com. On our website, you'll be able to find things like our previous episodes, more information on our guests, and yes, our new handy-dandy buy-me-a-coffee button. That's popnerlounge.com. 
That's it for this week's episode. I hope you join in next time for another compelling conversation with a fellow creative. For Pop Nerd Lounge, I'm Steph Pham. 